Well, welcome everyone. We're so glad you're here to chat with us. I'm Lauren, and with me are my amazing teammates. Alex and Anna, do you want to introduce yourselves? Hey everyone, my name is Alex Travis. I'm the Director of Marketing Communications at United Way of the Chattahoochee Valley. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Anna Cannon and I'm a Development Manager with United Way of the Chattahoochee Valley. And today we are honored to have Linda Dimler join us. Linda serves as the Chief Operating Officer for IBM Global Asset Recovery Services and offers her time and talents to fostering the leadership, growth, and well-being of women and youth. As an IBM mentor and coach, IBM Pathways and Technology Internship Sponsor and Mentor. And on top of all of that, she is also a member of the Women United Global Leadership Council and is the chair of Women United for United Way in Central Maryland. Welcome, Linda, and thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Lauren. I'm so happy to be here. I just, I love this topic. And as you can see, it's been an area of interest for me for some time now. And I'm just, I love when my personal and professional interests can dovetail every once in a while. Well, before we get into it, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So you mentioned I'm a chief operating officer within IBM. I started with IBM as a programmer. And uh, one of the first things coming into IBM as an employee is you get signed up for the United Way corporate charitable campaign. So I have been associated with United Way ever since I graduated from college, which has really afforded me an opportunity to meet a, a wonderful network of philanthropists, uh, women, and, and others who give so generously to our communities. And it's really brought me to where I am today, where I've always focused on when I have time or talent to share, uh, focusing on the needs of children and women in particular that are underserved and United Way, particularly in Central Maryland, have really fed opportunity for me to participate very actively in, in fostering programs or just on the street volunteering to uh, help improve the lives. And I love as we're turning now, coming into the new year, focusing in, in very much in particular on quality, educational, and affordable childcare and reaching down into the, the youngest of the young to uh, make the same impression on their lives. That's fantastic. Well, we couldn't have asked for a better guest today. Alex, I think you have a question about yeah. sustainability and leadership. Yeah, so one of my first questions um, really goes back to um, IBM and IBM's DNA, really. So um, one of the things that interested me about you, Linda, is uh, your commitment to environmental sustainability and, and sus environmental sustainability leadership. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and why that's so important? Yes. So it's funny you use the word DNA because I use that word myself when I describe the Global Asset Recovery Services Organization, that it is in our DNA every day to find ways to reuse, repurpose, resell, recycle uh, the majority of what gets returned to us on an annual basis. And we probably receive anywhere between 20 to 30,000 units of stuff in our centers around the world of off-retired IT equipment. And we find ways to reuse, recycle, or resell 97.7% of that. That was the statistic for 2021. And it, it really is in our DNA to do that. We, we find ways. It's obviously good for the environment. Uh, we have a lot of very talented people at IBM that 
are innovative, creative in finding new ways to not build new, but reuse what is already being returned. And that may be down to a component level, not necessarily a machine. But when you take it up to a bigger level, IBM has had 50 years of environmental leadership and sustainability, really embracing that as a corporate tenant well before it was uh, mandatory to do so, but even that it was popular to do so. And, and that's a very rich history that we're very proud to contribute to. But it also is driving into our most important priorities being our clients and our employees. And in the environment we're operating in today, our clients and our employees are demanding that we're responsible, sustainable organizations and that they see uh, a, our corporation give back, not only give back to the environment, but also create programs that, it, that enable good environmental practices, not just of us as employees or us as a corporation to our clients, but also from our, with our suppliers that we operate through in the industry. So it's, and it, some of the most fascinating areas of our business today are, are trying to solve those complex problems of how do you reduce the energy spend? How do you reduce the transportation impact on the world around us? How do you reuse what you already have? In the in the area of supply chain constraints we were dealing with during the pandemic, mm -hmm. reusing what we had seemed like a brilliant strategy and it was just our <laughs> normal way of operating, right? But you couldn't get parts any other way. So it's been, a, it's a very fun journey and it keeps us very intellectually challenged for sure. Oh, I can imagine. And it, it really, it, the more that I learned from you, Linda, doing my research and talking with you here today, a lot of what you do, both professionally and personally, is is giving back. And so it kind of ties into one of my next questions that I saw from a quote uh, that you gave in your Tocqueville spotlight. So um, for any of our listeners who may not be aware, the Tocqueville Society um, is an alliance of philanthropic leaders who share a passion for investing in their local community through United Way. Um, and you can learn more about that at our website. Um, but Linda, you mentioned in your Tocqueville spotlight how thankful that you were to have had access to food, um, to shelter, and quality education growing up. Um, can you speak to uh, what personally resonated with you about United Way's work that made you want to get involved? I know you mentioned earlier that you've been involved from an early age. Yeah, it's a great question. And at an early age, I probably was like many people who started donating with United Way through corporate campaigns. I wrote the check. I didn't think about it again. Right. And it was I, I did my good service for the year. As I learned more and more, and, and in particular with the United Way Central Maryland, I learned more and more about the direct services that United Way was delivering. I could see more measurably the impact of my dollar to the communities in which I was living. So I didn't grow up. I live in Annapolis, Maryland now. I did not grow up here. And one of my ways to understand and, and feel more part of the community was to become more active with United Way Central Maryland and, and learn more about Baltimore and such beautiful areas in Baltimore, historic neighborhoods. And that has just continued to fuel me and fuel me again as I see communities in distress and I see the direct impact that United Way Central Maryland has on those communities because someone said our, uh, it's um, our 
our recent governor uh, who just came into office made a comment that those closest to the problems are, are best suited to solve those problems. And I really feel like when Westmore said that, it resonated that that's what really appeals to me about United Way is that we're truly listening for understanding in the communities. We're not coming in with, okay, we got our package and we're gonna drop this on you and it's magic's gonna happen and it's all gonna be beautiful again. It, right. it doesn't work that way. And so I love that we, we tailor to the communities in which we live in, the communities in which we work in, the communities which we operate in. And, and I can see that, that real direct impact um, from from my giving, uh, it is it is interesting though uh, when you um, took me back to that Tocqueville. It was really hard for me at the time to you know wrap my head around um, donating to an organization at the levels that Tocqueville wants mm -hmm. you to you know that you that you donate at, and yet once the decision was made, it was so easy because you see how useful those funds are to the communities at large. And also then you, you become more validated. Mackenzie Scott made a significant donation to many of the United Ways across the, the United States. And what was very appealing to me about that was that it wasn't a United Way going to advocate for funding or, or a donation, but it was her own personal independent research that said that these United Ways were having, or United Way as an organization, were having such a material effect positively on the communities in which they were in that chose her to select them for the donations. So lots of validation all the way around. That's one of the things I love most about United Way is that although it is a worldwide corporation and, and nonprofit, each one of the local individual United Ways, like you said, caters to our own community in a way that makes sense to us because the needs here are much different than Baltimore or Annapolis. So we can make those, those adjustments locally and like you said, reach out to those that are most affected and make sure they are leading the, the changes and, and we are listening to them. And Lauren, that's huge. That's exactly what I was going to say, because that's one of the most compelling things that I share with people about United Way when I go and speak to companies or when I go and speak to groups of individuals and somebody that may have never heard about United Way and sharing with them the fact that like we're really good at connecting people. Um, and not only people to services, but to people that have a passion for helping people in the community and have the capacity to do so. Um, and so that's, again, like that's just something that I really love about United Way and feel so fortunate to be a part of this organization. And it's interesting you say that because while I was, I was connected United Way financially easily through corporate campaign, grew to appreciate the real impact that United Way could have on communities, drew me into becoming more involved. Mm -hmm. But one of the benefits I never expected was to be able to connect and exchange ideas with such a phenomenal network of women right. that are like-minded and passionate about the same areas. It really is energizing. Well, Linda, I don't know if you took a sneak peek at my questions for you ahead of time, but that's a perfect segue into my next question for you. Um, so you clearly dedicate a lot of your time and talents to fostering leadership, growth, and overall well-being for women and young girls in particular. Um, and you have a teenage daughter. 
too. So how has having a daughter impacted or guided the work that you do? So hopefully, you know, all of us as parents want to be great role models, but I also, and I, I learned very early on because I, I do like being involved. I do like being busy. I do like to do a lot of different things. Uh, I, uh, I was very active when she was a toddler and I came to a point where I realized that my activities were not, while they may have been great role model activities, I was losing time with her. I was not spending time with her. I was leaving her in her high chair with her nanny while I went off to go do a volunteer at her school. Right. And so that was a real um, impactful moment for me to really step back and, and regroup on what are my priorities now that I have a daughter, now that I have someone else that I, I want to, to be her at her happiest state, at her best state, and how could I best do that? And so at that moment, I decided that I really wanted to center on activities where I could do them with my daughter, that it wasn't exclusive to my daughter. And mm -hmm. United Way gave that. I'm, I'm very active in my church. And so she was my assistant catechist for a number of years, which was really <laughs> fun. Uh, but it it does change your eye, right? You you worry a little bit. How do you balance your time? How do you make sure that you're prioritizing and being present with them, but also not not giving up so much of yourself that you feel like you're only that dimension? Don't go from the you know the the pan to the fire or whatever the phrase is, right? Right. And so I, it is interesting. She's in college now and she is uh, loving her best life right now. I'm so happy <laughs> for her. As much as my heart, I, I miss her so much, but um, I did start planning like three years before she left because I only have my daughter. It was, okay, how am I going to uh, fill my, my, my impact and my, my passions when she's not here? I'm not doing Girl Scouts with her. I'm not doing this with her or whatever, uh -huh. right? And so it really gave me an opportunity to, to look again at United Way. And that's when I became um, part of the, the Women United Global Leadership Council. And I have always had global jobs for the most part within IBM. I enjoy the, the, the insights and the, the innovations you get from operating on a global scale and all the different um, uh, perspectives you get from that. And so that intrigued me. But what I've learned coming into this, it, just in the half year I've been on this Global Leadership Council, is so many of the issues are exactly the same. And mm. the the Princess of Wales has now, uh, she's kicked off an early educational child care initiative in the UK. You We, we could have written it in the United States. It's exactly the same issues. And so now to bond with women and, and leaders across the world to solve a problem that we're all, all obviously dealing with is um, energizing once again. I know I've used that word, but <laughs> it just really does fuel you when you can see it all coming together and you know you're, it's making a difference. I find myself as a mom... Um, sometimes doing things to make my boys proud. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? Like, like I want to show them what a strong independent woman looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and really, I mean, with having boys, it's a, it's a little bit different from having a girl to show them that this is, this is a person you're going to be respectful to and you're, you're going to grow up and be mm -hmm. around women and treat them as equals. So I find myself 
doing things a lot of times that are like scary and risks risky to me, but I want to show them that I'm so brave <laughs> and unequal to my husband. Do and you ever feel huge. that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's things you take on. You're like, oh, why did I sign up for yes. this? But you're right. I mean, we need to show, and, and, and it's as simple as stepping out of your comfort zone. We mm. we all need to step out of our comfort zone. And by definition, it's not comfortable. And so <laughs> just to show them that that's possible on the most simplistic level, whether it's something risky or scary or, or different or whatever it is, just showing them that you can step out of your comfort zone and survive and grow and surprisingly maybe end up better yeah. is the plus. Absolutely. I don't know what we're going to say. No, that's, I was just gonna say that's huge because, you know, you're a mom of boys and I am a mom of three girls. And so that's terrifying in and of itself (laughs) in like a whole different way. Um, And so like you said that you do things to make your boys proud. Like I am very mindful of the things that I say, not only to them, but to myself and the way that I model strong behavior for them um, and let them know that they are just as capable um, as anybody to do all the things um, that their hearts desire. And so being a part of a group of women that feeds that inner desire for myself allows mm. me to just feed that into my into my girls. Right. Um, so it's, you have a you have a, a a community of women supporting you in that effort. That's it's that's what we all need. Women helping women. I love that. That's such a great um a, a great point of view on and showing them how to embrace that side. Right. Well Linda so I know that the numbers have increased where women are in STEM jobs, but I still feel like women are the minority in that workforce. You've been with IBM for some time and and have been a mentor and a, a sponsor. Have you seen a culture change? And and what can we do to encourage more girls and women to get into that workforce? So it's, I would say yes and no, right? Maybe it's just that it's not enough, but definitely there's been change. Absolutely. And I worked in the financial services area for a long time, which is very male dominated as well. So between technology and, and, and finance, but I've definitely seen a change and it, it's not as much as we need, but I can see so much more headed in the right direction. And, and I'm very fortunate working for IBM because diversity inclusion is such a, a, a huge, I'm going to put it back into, it's not a, it's not a priority. It's not a focus. It's in our DNA. Yeah. It's something that we've done. We've had many examples of the, the first black employee, the first black executive, the mm. you know first women leaders. And so we have some really great role models in the IBM history. But uh, I, I do think we can we can always do more. And one of the, again, you know, when when personal and professional integrate, so you mentioned pathways and technology, which is a high school program that okay. has, uh, it takes, it allows sophomores in high school to sign up every anybody who signs up is is allowed to participate it's not a a application type process and you 
take college curriculum at the same time you take high school courses okay. and you graduate from high school with your associate's degree in a STEM discipline. Wow. And I will say, I'm so proud of these kids. Yeah. It's 200, more than 200 schools around the, the world now. And we're in so many years we've seen graduates and they come to work for IBM or other technology companies. And I think one of the, the most stunning statistics is the kids are given six years to complete this in high school. So mm -hmm. some kids may not proceed to college, not interested, not able, not financially able. And so within the, can, within their high school career, they can complete this college degree free of charge. And they're, they have six years to do it, but the average is four years. They all complete both their associate's degree and their high school degree in the four years of high school. And then find jobs with companies like IBM and, and other partners. What I like about that is I watched United Way in those same schools, mentoring and growing and encouraging the students in community, in, in life skills. And it's really nice that it complements each other. And, and yeah. I think with that, there's a lot of women and they come in with very different ideas. So there was mm. one young young woman who came in and she wanted to use technology to design fashion and Ooh, wow. and it was really kind of off you know not something you would typically do and yeah how to have sensors in your dresses and 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 measuring your anxiety level and I, I'm not sure Ooh. I really fully understood her whole vision for it but <laughs> the fact that she had that vision and she was encouraged and enabled in that vision through whether it was a school program or a community program, I do think we're starting a, a lot younger with women in encouraging them and inspiring them to be part of that STEM field. That's great. What a impressive and energizing, I like that word, uh, program. And I would be really proud of that too. That's very cool. To me, it seems like as a mom, Childcare is always a big touch point that um, I might might have gone to work earlier if childcare was more affordable and more present. How do you feel about that? I think it's a huge issue for so many women. One, you know, the pandemic exacerbated right the 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 predominant predominantly women were staying home to shepherd children through education or stay home with with kids when they were not in the school building but even beyond that we just recently had a coffee chat and we were talking about the tech tactics and techniques and and models and approaches that the different united way women united organizations were taking to address this child care issue mm -hmm. and it is stunning that the 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 ripple effect of not addressing the early educational child care where yeah. now you're taking women out of the you not only not developing the the youngest of our of our population um, as early as they should be so that they feel prepared for everything that's coming ahead for them and developing those young minds at a very critical age but right. but also we're not helping women be more prominent in the workforce yeah and 
even not advancing opportunities for women-owned businesses. Because uh, mm. when you look at the statistics, 90% of child franchise owners are women, and 50% of those are women of color. Mm-hmm. And 92% of, of the workers in childcare are women as well. So when right. you find that this childcare industry is fractured and, and in trouble, it, it reflects back on this ripple effect to women that then destabilizes families, then destabilizes, ha- and it just goes on. Right. So it really becomes a, a central issue that solving it and addressing it and, and, and stabilizing it stabilizes the rest of the, the community around them. Sure. And I would assume that it wouldn't just be, of course, the fostering of education, supporting of women, but it's also an economic problem. Exactly. Yes. High quality, yeah. educational and affordable so that it enables the rest of the system to run smoothly. That's right. Oh, and like, I could tell you wanted to say something. Oh, I was like, that <laughs> whole, like, it's such a layered issue with yeah. childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the expectation of women to be <sighs> that that leader in, right. in that particular um, subsection of society. It's just very, it's very interesting. Um, and I think that, like, finding that quality affordable, um, equitable childcare situation. It's like finding a unicorn. And like, mm. so when you find that, you're just like, oh, like, yes. and you want to like be able to share that and replicate that with everyone. Um, and it's heartbreaking that we can't do that. Um, so it's just, it's a very, and it sounds situation. like IBM ha- maybe has good solutions. It sounds like their culture supports and fosters um, a good work-life balance and supporting of the families, family first. Very much so. Very much so. It's, it's, it is a, and, and that's goes back again to the heritage of IBM being um, originally founded by our, our TJ Watson and, and it was very much a family business. His son mm-hmm. took over for him. And, but I would say to our present day CEO who has really focused on uh, ESG, right? Societal goals as yeah. well as business goals has been um, very freeing for employees and, and, and engaging employees in the ways they want to be engaged, but also feeling as though they, their company cares about them and their communities as much as they care about the work product. I think that goes back to your, your first comment about being responsible to your employees and listening to them, just like we listen to those affected. You want to retain your talent mm-hmm. and what better way than to listen to them and support them on, a, on an individual level. How yeah. rewarding. It is. It is. I, you know, I'll go back to something, Anna, you just said earlier about uh, leaders and wanting to lead some of the change. And I, I find that uh, as women, we tend to, you know, we were talking before about how does having a daughter impact us or having a mm-hmm. son impact us. But I do feel that women in general put more pressure on themselves to address and solve these issues and feel that pressure and guilt to, I need to do more. I need to do more. Mm -hmm. I need to do more. Right. And, and being able to reel ourselves in to not, not be uh, over committed and under delivering. Right. (laughs) Right. 
um, you did, but I do think that that is a tendency of women to, to uh, feel like we need to take it all on because no one else will. Right. Yes. We're such fixers. We like yes. to fix things and yes. be solution-minded. Well, and again, that's why we have United Way, Women United, that network of ladies that support us and empower us and um, we can lean on Mm -hmm. in times of challenges and we can be the ones to be leaned on for others. Uh, That is really rewarding to me. Agreed. Well, I have really great news. Linda will be in the Chattahoochee Valley for our incredibly special event coming up, the Women United's Power of the Purse. Anna, do you want to share a little bit about the event and where to purchase tickets? Absolutely. Thanks, Lauren. Um, so yes, this is the 11th annual Women United Power of the Purse for um, our Women United Affinity Group here at United Way of the Chattahoochee Valley. Um, it will be taking place on Saturday, March 11th. Um, from 11 to 1.30. So it's a little different this year. Typically we have um, it in the middle of the week um, on a work day. And so we wanted to make sure that some um, of our participants they don't typically have that opportunity to come, can come. So like our educators, our healthcare workers, um, all kinds of women. And so we're going to have a brunch. It's going to be super delicious. um, And we're super excited to have it. Um, One thing that you guys should know, um, if you come to our Power of the Purse, is um, we like for you to wear one and bring one. So part of the fun about this um, event is that we collect undergarments for women, um, women in need. And so over the last 10 years, we've collected almost 20,000 undergarments. Um, the tickets that you purchase um, also benefit our Women United Scholarship Fund. Um, and through that fund, we have um, been able to donate over $16,000 um, to that scholarship. So that's huge. It's a super um, important event. We would love to see everybody's happy, shiny face there on a Saturday morning to enjoy brunch and to listen to our fabulous um, panelists of um, strong, empowered women. If you want to purchase a ticket, um, you can go to unitedcv.org event and the power of the purse will be there. You just click and you buy your ticket where you can buy a table um, so you can hang out with all your friends and hear from some amazing women. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to be there. Yay! Linda, what are you looking forward to most about being one of our panelists? Uh, the networking. I, I'm yeah. fascinated. You have some some awesome speakers, so I think yeah. I'll learn a lot from, from the other speakers. And then um, just having an opportunity to network with the Women United group there in Chattahoochee is is exciting, and I already have my list. You've come up on my radar on a couple different topics that I'm I'm looking oh, forward good. to pick your brains on. That's fantastic. Well, Alex and Anna, is there anything else you want to ask or cover? Hmm. I want to know, Linda, who inspires you? Are there any? Um, doesn't have to be, but female leaders that you really look up to and admire, and if so, who? So tough question. I I don't think I have one, but I I have lots of actions um, that individuals will take, whether male or female, that inspire me to to do more, do better. And uh, no no one person would come to mind for me as as the driving force. But I I do like to keep my aperture pretty wide. And I'm a reader. I read every day. And so it's, and I usually have like four or five different books going. So <laughs> it's, uh, I, I do glean a lot of information and I'm, I'm one of those people. I will steal shamelessly good ideas, giving credit where credit is due, but 
there's no point in recreating the wheel if someone has already tackled and succeeded. That's right. So smart. <laughs> well, I love that answer because I, I too would have it, I find it hard to pick one person. Well, uh, Linda, was there anything that you would like to talk about that we didn't cover? This has been great. Thanks for the opportunity to chat about this. I'm looking forward to the event and and gender equity and, and childcare, quality, yes. affordable, educational, always top of mind. And, and the benefits of us focused as a united force against this just has that triple win of being able to support the growth and development of young minds at a, at a very critical age, helping women return and stay in the workforce and making sure that we're advancing opportunities for women business owners as well. So I, I look forward to the engagement. Well, thank you, Linda. Thank you for taking time to chat with us. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you for being here. To catch a previous episode or for more information about United Way, visit unitedcv.org. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you're here to chat with us. <laughs>